Okay, Coach, go ahead and intro yourself, and then I'll intro myself. All right. Well, this is Greg McNeil here, Coach G, the owner of Coach's Corner, um, clinical provider, PhD candidate, all-around funny man most days, except today because of the message we're going to bring you. But I am a person here who, on the planet, I try to help people to live their fullest life, something that they can really enjoy. That's that's what I'm here to do. Yeah, um, and I have to say ditto. Uh, this co- or this uh, message might be a little heavy today because people need to hear this. Um, but I'm the owner of Genius Communication, a business consultant, hiring consultant, social media marketer, and manager, but also a mentor. And so I like to walk people through things that I'm going to actually mention a little bit, Coach, as we get to visiting that your uh, pre-show convo kind of highlighted that goes exactly along with what we're going to talk about. Um, but just to give everybody full uh, disclosure, I lost my dad Monday. And uh, I think it's important to discuss what really uh, matters and being aware that you've not built and you're not building a life that you don't want and that you can't get out of. And uh, so we kind of started off with maybe disconnecting, you know, and the importance of disconnecting. But I love what you were saying about that um, that movie, well, it sounds almost like a documentary called Alone, what you were it talking is. about. But mm-hmm. uh, go ahead and kick it off, Coach, however you want. You can start there or anywhere. Yeah, so one of the things that was really interesting about this particular series or episode that I thought was applicable to what we were talking about is the contestants that are participating in the show called Alone they are required to test their survival skills for 90 days in an isolated environment, right? They deal with extreme conditions and they only have just the bare minimum tools that they need to survive, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What happens from there is based entirely on the individual's ability to adjust to their environment. Mm, Okay. And so when they are eliminated from the show, they are eliminated because at some point they break down and they're not able to withstand the conditions that they are a part of. So they have to like probably hunt for their food. Yes, uh, they do. Find ways probably to keep clothed and all that stuff. Exactly. Absolutely. You better know something about the vegetation around you because you could be eating something that is poisonous that you think is not poisonous i mean it just anything in the natural environment okay well here was one of the things that was really important that got my attention i would say that as a population i can only talk about this country the the percentage of people who could go into the wilderness and survive on their own for that length of time is probably less than a half a percent. I agree. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Two, the reason for that is because they have been conditioned to think that everything that they need is at the touch of their fingertip. Right. You can order through your phone, through your computer, right? Or you can just immediately go to the store to get it, right? The third thing that was interesting about that is after a time, there became a sort of like a collective consciousness among all the individuals that are spread out in various places on this island. 
And one of the things that came to them being forced to deal with their self, their thoughts, the way that they have constructed their lives. Yeah. One of the things that was really important after a few days, they began to evaluate what was the most important thing for them. Mm -hmm. And to a person at the end of the day, it was always about their relationships, their families, how they talk to one another, you know, are they in a good space in their relationship? And what will they do when they return home? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was so important because we right now are directed other places. We are strictly directed to a five sensory experience. Mm-hmm. Right. It's about money. How much money can you make? What kind of home do you have? What kind of vehicle do you drive? Right. Not even the kind of food. Can you take vacations? Whatever it is. But unfortunately, they're not important things when you look at what we call the reality of life. Yeah. When somebody that you love and care for is suddenly sick or they're now no longer a part of your life. Right. Or what we saw here. People have been building their lives in such a way only to find out when they get to a a certain area that they become trapped by the life that they constructed. And it is it doesn't bring them joy. They just have to keep doing it. Right. They literally become slaves to an experience that is not real. I mean, I can say this. Who wants to make five hundred thousand dollars a year but you can't go home because the person you're in relationship with you're always fighting yeah and now you're going you're sitting in your doctor's office and your heart is failing you and now they're telling you that you know um i don't know how to tell you this mr or mrs so-and-so but you have this condition Mm -hmm. Because now you have this condition and because this stress dynamic that you've been under has occurred in your life for so long, um, it's we can't even really operate on you. They don't we don't even have anything that we can help you with. Yeah. So now what does that person do? Mm-hmm. They're scared. They're full of regret. And unfortunately, like I said, when it get to men, when they reach that certain age number the suicide rate goes up because that's exactly what happens to them. Yeah. They realize they built something that's not real. Yeah. I am. So I was raised pretty non-conformist, meaning um, think your own thoughts, uh, listen to others, but come to your own conclusions. Don't do what everybody thinks you should and things like that. And um, a lot of that comes from my dad. And, um, And so basically it's like, you need to live life on your own terms. And mm-hmm. and he did. He he definitely lived life on his own terms and uh he enjoyed his life. He had some, you know, ups and downs, of course, but he uh he had a good one. And uh so that kind of led me to, you know, like even think in the future. So it's like I was telling you in the pre-show, you know, making sure that you know, my grandpa is my best friend. I'm gonna go see him several times a week because there's no way He's going to sit there all by himself, and then I'm going to regret not having that time with him and getting to know him. It's like the best thing ever. 
and uh, went on the road with my dad every summer, saw 42 states across America. And, you know, that's something that no one can take away. I have it forever, right? And, uh, but it was a weird, like, um, and I didn't tell you any of this in the pre-show because I just wanted to bring it out on the show, but it was kind of a weird juxtaposition. Um, I had a a client that contacted me and it was kind of like an emergency, you know, situation where we're going to have a conversation to see if there's any way I can help or if not, I was going to refer to someone. And, um, and what was interesting is, uh, that we're talking and she's just very, very unhappy. Now, if you were to look on the outside, you would see a fabulous home, you know, a great husband, you know, a family, uh, a successful business. But this person is trapped by all of that and Mm -hmm. is absolutely miserable. And mm-hmm. does not want to do it anymore. And mm-hmm. I thought for a long time that this individual probably needs to get out, probably mm-hmm. needs to sell her business and do something different. And mm-hmm. I was telling her, I said, I, I, I really think you need to sell your business. You know, like, can you get the financials and all that gathered up? See what you can get. Uh, talk it over with your husband. But you hate it. Why are you, in a, you know, building a business that you don't like? And um, so as we were talking, she said, well, I've got this house. I mean, I got bills. I've got my kid immediately went to if if she makes this drastic change, how is she going to support all the things that she now is, like you said, enslaved to? So her life is now trapping her, at least in her mind. Yeah, because I told her, I said, if you actually if you make the moves to do what you really want to do and why you're born, you'll be surprised at how happy you are and everything works out. It's not. But there's a fear and fear is really, really powerful because fear is a thief. And it's actually the one that does enslave us. And like I was telling you with my dad, the only reason he ended up in the hospital is he was so afraid of covid. He wouldn't get the things that were making him sick that he wasn't sure of checked out. And I also think he thought he had cancer and he didn't. So fear killed my dad. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we could have had 10 to 20 more years with him. So mm-hmm. it's like when you look at the cost of fear, it's too costly. And so you don't want to be put in a position. And this is another thing I told this individual you're kind of, and I'm not trying to be melodramatic, but you're kind of in a life or death situation here because if you don't stop, I don't know where it's going to lead as far as like suicidal things, mm-hmm. but or you're going to end up sick and it won't matter anyway. You know? It is, yeah. I'm I'm sorry, Siri. I could that I was. I was at the stoplight and I was revving my engine. I oh yeah, wait you, but you know what I'm talking yeah. about, Coach. I it's- do, I do, and I just want to say this. So we often speak of fear, right? What is the expression? Fake evidence appearing, appearing is real. real. Mm-hmm. Okay, but here's the one caveat to that: if your mind accepts a situation 
that you believe to be fearful, then mm-hmm. it's not fake to you. It's a real construct in your mind. It's just as real as a chair that a person is sitting on, right? Yeah. And because of that, it also shapes the actions that they take. Yes. Right? Quitting, um, neglecting themselves. You, it doesn't matter which route the person takes. When fear is operating in our lives, we are not living a life that is as full as it can possibly be. Sometimes it's making you miserable. It is always making us miserable. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that fear does is, and this is the great thing about it from a teaching tool, fear gives you the opportunity to find out whether or not if what you're thinking is real, what you're feeling is real. But with that opportunity, it also forces you into some form of research. You have to investigate what is happening. And when you get an answer to that, you have to be willing to take a change. That is your saving grace out. The minute you neglect that or you try to rationalize it away, right, it's almost like they just start fading. So if I could give an example, uh, a visual to the listener. So in this case here. You're giving somebody the hand of fellowship. Mm -hmm. You have a tight grip on that person's hand. And you said, take this action because this action is going to help you to be untrapped, untethered, right? And feel good, feel better. But then you start to notice that her hand is slipping out of yours. But it's not because of your grip. It's because of their grip. Mm -hmm. They are loosening their grip on your hand because fear is operating in their mind at such an intense level that now everything that they know that they just said previously to you is not important, right? It's bringing them down. Mm -hmm. But the minute you ask them to let it go, they start, they're slipping away from you, right? And now all of a sudden, that person is falling into a sunking place. You can look at that person falling. They're looking at you as though with the surprise in their eyes, like you let me go as they're falling. Get, catch the visual. They're falling into darkness, right? But you didn't let them go. Mm-hmm. Your hand is still there. You're holding with everything you can, but you realize I cannot overcome the fear for you unless you are willing to move through it. And unfortunately, um, that's something that nobody can take away from the person. It's like um, if I have to use a a biblical expression that when Paul says that you must work out your own salvation and fear and trembling, right? Mm -hmm. You better know what you are living your life for. Is it something that's real and meaningful or did you invest in a five century experience only and thinking that that was going to be the meaning and the value of your life. Yeah, and it's funny how you can get in that without even realizing it, um, because I think that's what happened. You know, it's like you go through life, you're given a business opportunity, you take it because you're good at it. You know, that's what something you could do, something you can make money at. Before you know it, there's millions involved. Before you know it, your whole house, you know, or life and house and family, you know, future, everything's tied up into that, or at least it appears that way. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, what would life look like without all of that? Well, 
probably better than what you're experiencing now. And one of the things that me and um, I think research can help a lot, because when you said that, because I wanted to ask you like for some steps for people that they could take to maybe start, you know, walking out of where they're at, where they're not happy. But that step of researching that reminded me, and we've talked about this before when, you know, me and Mike was in all that debt. I didn't want to see the numbers. Mm-hmm. And then once I finally saw the numbers, I was a little bit nervous, but I felt so much relief to actually get an idea of where we were because then I could get the plan and execute it. And so I learned such a powerful lesson. Don't ignore the problem because that's actually more of a stressor than if you look at it full in the face and then you make the decisions you need to make. But research has always helped me, always, Mm -hmm. whenever I'm facing something I'm nervous about. It is, you know, and so again, here's another one. Study to show thyself approved. That's another one, right? My people are destroyed by the lack of, for the lack of knowledge. There's another one. We could go on and on and on. Again, mm-hmm. when we start talking about principles and truths, right? When, when we hear the expression that the truth will set you free, you don't have to make it a biblical thing because it's true. It was true before you even heard it that way. And what are we saying that the truth will set you free. If there's something that you don't know, and you just gave a great example of that, right? Until you researched and found out what your that financial picture looked like, you were never going to be free because you were always running away from it. Yeah. The minute you said, okay, let me take a look at this. And then you was like, oh, okay, well, I don't like it. But guess what? Now, all of a sudden, I can do something. And the minute you did that, your life changed. Yeah, it right? did. And this is what we're saying to other people. Um, you need to know, and I don't know if this is a good time, right? But I guess I can jump in there real quickly with one of the things that I want to say to the listener that you have to do, right? Yes. You, you need paper and pen. Yes. And the reason you need paper and pen is because right now, I hate to say this, but you're operating like a program code. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything you do every day is like it's a it's a subconscious habit pattern. You get up in the morning before you even brush your teeth, you're checking your phone. Right. So you already start off stressed out. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know if your life can be different, you need to look at your life on paper. Yeah. Not How much money you owe or how much money you have. But what's the most important thing to you? Write it down, right? You have to be able to do that. And it can't be money because if we're talking to the listeners here, we are not talking about money Mm -mm. because most of the people that we work with, they're not really worried about their money. They might want to make more money, but they're not worried about that, right? So you need to get connected to what is the most important thing in your life. So when you write it down, it's not, I need to make $5 million in the next quarter, right? Look around you. How is your health, right? Are you in the relationship that inspires you to have great health, right? Are you, um, what else can I say? That relationship, I have to say this, right? Because this is really important. Don't, trade your personal happiness 
for anything that's on the planet. What am I saying? If you are in a situation with someone and you're doing everything you can because you want to prove to some external entity that that relationship that people are looking at, that marriage, that house, that business, whatever, people look at it from the outside and they they admire it. Mm -hmm. But if it's not real to you, if it's not yielding to you what you really need to feel good, you're in a sunken business, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You're in a sunken business. So you need to be able to, first of all, just one question. What do I really want from life, right? Mm -hmm. What do I want from my life in this moment going forward? What is the most important thing to me? I'll be surprised if your answer is money. You know, when you were talking about how everybody was saying family on that alone thing, um, there was mm -hmm. a nurse that I think wrote a book on that, and she was a hospice nurse, or he was a hospice nurse, I can't remember, but every single person, it was like the ones that maybe they didn't have a lot of family around them or whatever, it was like, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. And, uh, and so for this individual, it is family, but the thing is, if you're not careful to cultivate desire, then the pressing needs that fear is lying to you about will, like, it'll never happen. And the thing is, eventually, it's all going to end. Because it you is. cannot go your whole life doing what you hate and there not be a cost and, and sacrificing everything. You know, one thing that me and Mike are so... Um, like happy about is we were like po you know like mm -hmm. i've said coach we couldn't even afford the or that's right <laughs> when we were first married but we were so thankful for that experience because we know how to live lean and mm -hmm. so it's like okay do i would i want you know not to be able to live in my home i love my home well of course not but it's not going to define who i am uh you know, do I like the things I've put around me? Most of them contain memories. Uh, absolutely, but I'm not going to not be happy without them, right? And so it's it's like learning to be lean is really important. And I have to say, um, and by that I guess I mean you choose what is in your life and what is not in your life. And then the things that you have that are those five sensory ex you know, experiences like you talked about, know that those can all, you know, disappear one day. You don't need to be connected to them in such a way that they become bondage for you. Mm -hmm. But I did something interesting, uh, Coach, after my dad passed away. It hit probably about two days after, so it was Wednesday. And uh, if anybody's heard my financial story, you know, I one of the things I learned, because, you know, money is neutral. It's the relationship right. with it that... Mm -hmm can be difficult. And mm -hmm. so, you know, my childhood was not very happy. And, uh, but when my dad was around, it was very, you know, happy. And, uh, but he was a gift giver. That's what he did. So he'd give me gifts. And um, so the first emotion I felt was like I was an orphan. So that was weird. I mean, I have a, a mother, but I, I wasn't raised with her. So I felt mm -hmm. like an orphan. And then I just had this desire to just buy stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting there. And I'm like, wait a minute, I've already, you know, I've already fixed that. So why is this happening? So you got to ask questions, right? Right. And I knew it's because my dad was gone. And, and 
That's mm-hmm. what he did. So once I had that enlightenment coach, it's still a little bit there, but it ain't bad at all. But that's you know a, a thought pattern that had been ingrained in trauma as well. So right. it reared its head up a little bit. I'm like, oh, I don't need to do that. But that's what I'm talking about. You know, there's things that you find yourself mental habits. Like you say, and I told this individual, your thought is always the first action and thoughts are also habits if you're not careful. That's exactly right. And any thought form that you ingrain in your mind is going to dictate how you feel. So if you live a life that's stressful and fear, then your body and your thinking is riddled with fear. And this is how we are actually able to control the smartest people on the planet, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, when you're, so for me, most of my clients historically have been some professional, right? And so I would say, yeah, this is what I call the 1450 club, right? Nobody scores less than 1450 on a standardized test, right? Just really, really smart people. But I'm not working with them because they're really, really smart. I'm working with them because they're really, really smart. And they're like, how do I get the hell out of this bag I'm in, right? I'm stuck in a bag. I have a good friend of mine right now who's dying of cancer right now, right? She's got money. Her mom's gone now. She's She's got siblings that she doesn't trust. And... For the most part, when I speak to her, we just have a crying session mm-hmm. because that's all she can do right now, right? Yeah. And there's really nothing that I can say to her except I just listen, mm-hmm. right? It's painful for me sometimes when I leave. I have to, I have to kind of like blow because I understand exactly what she's sitting with in a sense. But at the same point, it's it's painful, right? She's like, I have all this stuff around me. And I'm dying. Mm-hmm. And I don't have anybody around me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I went from being a coach trainer to now basically just like a friend that she can just call and talk to. Right. Yeah. And I see it too many times. Yep. Right. I see it too many times that people exchange the truth for a lie. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they expect to be happy. And then I look up, it's like, hey, guess what? You got a poor relationship with your kids, right? Or you and your uh, your partner about to fall out. Yesterday, uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, I run into my tango instructor. I hadn't seen her in six years. <laughs> tango instructor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. You Here you go. That. That's right. Coach G, Argentine tango. <laughs> That's funny. I'm just chuckling up. That's funny. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I like to dance. You like so. to dance. Yeah. Okay. I just so, wasn't expecting that, Coach. That was, that was funny. I know. Coach Argentine Tango. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, but I'm walking with the three dogs. I don't recognize her, you know, so I just see another uh, woman walking with two dogs. So then she starts talking. I still don't recognize her. And she's like, oh, my gosh, these are like really pretty dogs and stuff like that. So I'm speaking. And then I hear she says, Greg. And I was like, yeah. And then she said her name. I was like, oh, wow. But guess what? One of the top tango um, dance studios in Albuquerque. Uh-huh. Perfect couple. How you doing? I'm going through a divorce. Mm. And my husband won't even speak to me anymore. Wow. 
Sherry, I couldn't say anything. Yeah. Right? Because when you see them, they look like they belong on television. Fred Astaire and his wife, a, a perfect dance couple. Yeah. Just perfect. I didn't even know what to say to that. Yeah. And now she's walking around the field trying to figure out where does she go next in her life. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And I can almost guarantee you that what happened in that relationship did not sneak up on them. It was always there. It never sneaks up. And that's why paying attention. So, you know, as you're talking, it's like what makes life rich are the relationships. And if there's anything you invest in, it needs to be those. You've got to cultivate them. You've got to allow one another to influence one another. You've got to, you know, allow a trust to be built there. Uh, And a lot of people, they're too scared to do that. Or they're going after the things they think will make them happy so they can retire or whatever it is. And then when they get to that age, they don't have their health or they don't have their companion for whatever reason, or they just find themselves, like you said, surrounded by things instead of people. And uh, it's sad. And I, I think that, you know, like when I think about my dad, he had people in his room with him. You mm-hmm. know, there was no way we were going to leave him. And what shocked me is the nurses, when they were telling me, you know, what was going to happen, uh, they said, you know, some family members don't want to be in there. And I was shocked and not to judge anybody, but I just said, oh, no, he will breathe his last with his daughter in there. There's no way he's going to be alone. Right. And That's so, right. you know, it's like you've got to cultivate those things and there's nothing worth losing those relationships. Coach, can you think of anything else that they might do? Because uh, really we're talking about disconnecting from, you know, info, things, ideas, thoughts that are entrapping you in a life you hate, even disconnecting from your electronics as well. But can you think of anything else, you know, we talked about research, but that people can do to help them maybe climb their way out? Yeah. So the first thing I mentioned was that, one, you need to write down what you think is the most important thing that you want. Every day, huh, coach? Every day, right? Every day, right? The next thing I would like to say is, so I'm going to kind of like break this up. Okay. First one, I'm talking to the business, to the successful business owner. Okay. And when I say successful, that means that you're not worried about where your money is coming from every month, right? That doesn't mean that you don't pay attention to statements and expenses and stuff. I'm not saying you ignore your business, but you know your business is operating and it's healthy, right? Yeah. So with that said, the first thing that you do in the morning is not to pick up your phone. Mm-hmm. Don't pick up your phone. Don't read your emails, mm-hmm. right? Don't do anything and certainly don't read or listen to any news, right? Yeah. So um, take a walk, spend some time. You know, like I don't like to tell people to sit down and meditate because I don't meditate that way. I have to move, right? Yeah. So there is no prescription on how your meditation needs to look like. But you need to take, right, you need to take and find an uninterrupted 30 to 45 minutes a day for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean getting up in the morning and training either, right, Mm -hmm. because that's not the same thing, because then you're still in pursuit, right? 
I'm, I'm not saying you're trying to stop yourself from having a heart attack, so you need to exercise. But I'm saying something that makes you peaceful, right? Well, Coach, I do have to say, now you know me. Um, so my morning, uh, you know, I get up before everybody. I love doing some type of activity right off the bat. Like I'll get that blood flowing, get the heart rate up. It helps me wake up, and it does calm me. For some people, it would just be an obligation or another stressor. For me, like, you know, you've told me one of the insights you gave me is uh, I was telling you about an idea I had with the planners, and it came to me when I was in the garage lifting weights, and you said your brain has connected uh, weight training with uh, solving problems. Mm-hmm. And, um, That's right. And so that's where, you know, that's like my de-stressor. But then I'll have that quiet time. You know, I'll read, I'll write down my DCAs, I'll ponder and decide how I want my day to look, and then I'll learn something new because that's important for me. So it's like forming that formula where, and I don't even touch my phone. Like it doesn't even get near me because it's just instant stress. Exactly. So, and I want to be really clear about this. A phase of life will have a lot to do with how you can process the what I'm saying right now, right? Because mm-hmm. in your case, um, that's perfectly acceptable for you to do that. But you are also describing your ability to make a change in your life from earlier on, yeah. right? You've continued to make some but there's things that you said earlier here in this podcast that you've been doing to make sure that that life that you're living is the one that you want, mm-hmm. right? So in this case here, I'm assuming that I'm not talking to the person that says, you know what? I need to make a change in my life, mm-hmm. right? I need to have more meaning in my life besides, you know, my payroll and how much money I made this month, that quarter, or that year. Yeah. So what I'm saying is you want to evaluate your life and make sure that you are connected. One, make sure when you get up in the morning or sometime a day, write down what it is. Yeah. It might be more joy, right? You might, it just might, I want more joy in my life. We'll keep writing it down, writing it down every time, right? Yeah. And then I'm saying the next thing after that, disconnect from sources of information that have a tendency to create stress for you or strain because the minute you process what we call stress or strain you are also processing a fear dynamic okay they are are not separated right so this is why i'm saying one write down what it is that you want from your life two spend some time give yourself about 30 to 45 minutes of something that you can do where you just go for a walk but don't make it about exercise, right? Yes. When it's time for exercise, you will know it, yeah. right? But it's something that you just ease into, right? Like when we look around us in nature, animals are not always hunting. They're not always breeding. They're not always eating. Sometimes they're just sitting there basking in the sun, yeah. right? That's all they're doing. They're relaxing. We need to be able to relax so we know exactly where our lives are going, right? And So, so what you're is, saying, it sounds like, Coach, is you're not doing a to-do list. You're right. getting more like that, that show alone. You're getting yeah. alone, doing something that's restful, active, if you prefer, 
uh, you know, like a walk or something, but where you can start recalibrating basically what you want in your life. Absolutely. Right. And then I'm saying if you're not the business owner, but we still consider you to be a highly successful person anyway. Right. Then I still want you to do those same two things, but I want you to spend more time on that first one. Right. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm saying that, because you may need to make a change. You may have a successful employment, but it doesn't really feel good. Yeah. You tolerate it because you like your payday, Mm -hmm. but your body and your mind is still sick. Yeah. Your relationships are still questionable. Why is that? Because the thing that motivates you is still a question. So if your motivation is questionable, your relationship and your activities then to a certain extent are going to also be questionable, right? Mm -hmm. We were put here to fulfill a mission of connection. We weren't put here to see how much money we could make. Right. Because there's too many things in life that tell us everything that you build and create, you don't take it with you. It doesn't matter what you leave behind. You can put it in writing, but you don't even have control over that once you're gone. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we have attorneys and attorneys can go back and forth. So, again, trying to control what happens after you're gone, you don't want to be invested in that. You want to make sure that the life you're living is the one that you want. Right. Yeah. And the relationship. That's those are the two most important things right there. Right. For the business owner, I'm telling you, I'm giving you three of those. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're not the owner of your business, I'm saying you have two things. One, what do you want? What makes you happy? What brings you joy? Right. Mm -hmm. And then spend some time with yourself. And I think it's a great point that you made, like recalibrate. Right. But understand, too, I guess this would probably be the last one. Know the things that are influencing you right now. Yeah. Right? Because I think that's the thing that we're all dealing with. We are bombarded right now with a bunch of information that we are not able to assimilate healthily. Right. Yes. What we are assimilating right now through media sources, I don't care where it comes from, it's making you sick. Yeah. Right. It's making you sick and it's making you fearful. So you have to be able to get out from underneath that because that disconnects you. Yeah. When you're in a fearful place, you are not connected. You're not connected to yourself. You're not connected to your family. And you are certainly not connected to the most important things in your life. Yeah. That's a good note to end on, Coach. You bet. You bet. All right.